Welcome to Affording College with Aaron Green, founder and president of College Liftoff. All right, thanks, Deep Throat Guy. So welcome to Affording College. I'm Aaron Green, host of Affording College and founder of College Liftoff. College Liftoff is a college planning firm I started to provide solutions for anybody and everybody that's going through college planning or has college planning needs. Our mission is to secure teens' brightest future and save them and their families thousands of dollars in the process. We work with teens throughout the entire college planning process, starting with personalized one-on-one career development work. From there, we find the best schools to match our students' chosen career paths and interests, then offer support throughout the entire admissions process. Next, we work with families' budgets to find the price that makes the most sense for their kids' education, all while ensuring it's the right fit. Today, we are Ohio's premier college planning firm. I'm happy to say that. We're shooting for the world, by the way. And we strive to save time, stress, and money when it comes to your child's higher education. So that's a little background on myself and College Liftoff and why I do this podcast. I really want to offer families some solid advice when it comes to planning for college and higher education because there's so much misinformation out there. The purpose of this podcast is to dispel the myths and misinformation and really help families. So one of the most important and yet overlooked aspects of how to do proper, effective, and successful college planning is really through career development work. We talk about it all the time in this podcast, and no one knows that better than my co-host today, Sarah. Hey, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Good, good. And Paige. Hey, Aaron. What's going on? How are you guys doing today? Good. Uh, So starting with Sarah, you're a rock star here at College Liftoff. You've been an advisor here with us for about six months. Uh, You really are working with families in every step in this process, but you really have a heart for early teens, and you actually have a background in teaching. She's been working really closely with Paige, College Liftoff's manager of client planning, Paige has an undergraduate degree in psychology and a graduate degree in education. Teachers unite. (laughs) 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 Uh, Paige, you once said, in terms of career development, you were passionate about helping students recognize strengths and passions they didn't recognize fully in themselves, leading to careers that they never mentioned or didn't really understand or know about at the time. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I sound so smart. You should give me a raise. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's totally true. Um, it's just amazing. When we have students come in, even the students who have kind of an idea of what they think they want to do, so often it's something that somebody else has told them. Or maybe it's a career that someone they know has. Like I know, for instance, I was going to get a degree in psychology because I thought that what the guidance counselor did at my elementary school was really interesting. And I mean, it, it wasn't like from a deeper need to help people or anything. I just thought her job was cool. <laughs> and um, that sadly, like no one really talked to me about what I could do with the degree I was interested in, in some other area. Like I just went to school thinking that is what I'll do. And I mean, here I am today in college planning. So yes, I'm helping people. Yes, I'm guiding them. Am I a guidance counselor in elementary school? I am not. So I think about how if somebody had sat down with me and talked to me a little bit about what about psychology and what about guidance counselor work was interesting, I might have moved into a different direction. I'm super, super passionate about um, public health. And since this is the me show, we'll just keep talking about my stuff. <laughs> but no, like We see the same thing in our students. They come in, they might have an inkling or they've been told, hey, you're really good at this. And so that sort of informs their idea of career. Potential careers, or at least a potential major, and then they come and they sit down with us, and we do this great board exercise with them, where we um, help them identify strengths, help them identify even more important, like the things they know they don't want to do, mm-hmm. and then we look at their strengths and then we look at their interests, 
And then we sort of pair it all together in Aaron, what I like to think of as Aaron's magical formula and help them come up with this enormous list of careers um, that are like potentially a viable option for them. And then as we do the work that we do, we sit down and we we continue to research. And as time goes on, we get rid of a lot of those careers because they aren't the best fit. But man, when it clicks with a kid, it's just so awesome when they come in to the office and they're like, I love this thing. This is what I want to <laughs> do. This is what I love this. This is where I want to go. It's what I want to do. I'm so happy. And we see it over and over again. I think if, if I saw it once, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it again. But pretty much with every student we work with, they come in and they're like, yes, this is the thing that I am born to do. If there's a magic pill that we have, and it's not a magic pill per se, uh-huh. it, it's, it's just a good understanding of the fact that jobs aren't one thing. And I think we, we constantly try to put jobs and people and interests in a box and say, here's your one thing. You do this one thing. You like psychology. Go work in a, mm-hmm. a school. But like, you have to put in. I like public health. I like all yep. these other aspects. And when we dissect, not just programs at schools, but when we start talking about dissecting jobs, and if you ask anybody, shoot, the audience member, ask yourself, what does your job really pertain? What are you really doing? And you're going to come up with a list of probably. 10, 20, 30 things, not two or three. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the translation is really wrong in this, is that uh, at an earlier age, we think, oh, if we boil it down to these very boilerplate things, that that's the best method in order to get them into it. No, it's not. It's about talking to students as an adult and having them expand the concept of who they are and what the jobs are that that look like them. And the magic pill to this isn't continuously adding more things to the list. It's about Mm -hmm. vetting through those things and taking the time to really see what it is. And that's where we get to those points where the kid can walk in and say, you know what? I've sifted through all these things we started with. It wasn't 200 things at 4,500 universities worth of things. It was about 10 or 12. And these are my interests and how they correlate to those. And you know what? This one's for me because I've researched, I've seen it, I've studied it. I've gotten job exposure to it. Now I know that this is for me. That's exactly right. And we have so many students come in and express that, oh, they want to go be an elementary school counselor, like you said, Paige. But the reality is they only see it from an external position, right? Mm-hmm. They see it as a student. They don't see the um, background that goes in and the education that the teacher or counselor had to do. Um, and the things that you normally don't think about that a counselor has to do, right? And so those might be deal breakers for a student if they um, actually understood those things. Um, so figuring that stuff out now before they even go into it, that's what we're all about. Idealism. Yeah. Like we have these ideal perspectives of jobs, especially that's what we kind of give our students, when mm-hmm. uh, our kids, when they think about jobs. I, 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 I say this to every kid that walks through the door in every family because it's true. Most kids don't know doctor, teacher, nurse, my parents do X. Yep. That's the extent of the work world. And truth be told, they probably have one or two word terms for each one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're so vitally and vastly different. But this is how and why we've developed CL Plus over the past year. And truth be told, it takes time to do this stuff. And oh, we've yeah. really seen that we really need to start at, at it at an early age, earlier age. Yeah, early um, high school, ninth and 10th grade is um, a natural fit for when students should be thinking about this and when our students are coming in asking um, these types of questions and are willing to spend time to do that career development at an earlier age. So often, I think when we talk to parents who are like, but 
they're so young, they don't really, they have no idea what they want to do. And we say, yes, that's exactly why you should come in. <laughs> I don't want your kid to come in and be like, yep, I'm 14. I'm going to be a lawyer. Yeah, like, exactly. right. yeah. I mean, I, I get it that there are probably some kids out there who already have that in mind. But in general, we want to help explore and really help just pare down a list that's, it, it's infinitesimal. Yeah. It's really tiny, so I'm not going to include it. So it's infinite. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. <laughs> it's Jay's word. Yes. So, um, but the list is, uh, truly, the list is infinite. Um, there are so many choices, and we need to help students, again, like Sarah said, look at the the less pleasant side of a job. And, and what's less pleasant to you? It's such a, a subjective list, right? Well, the real side. Yeah. yeah. What's, but what's not interesting to you about a job could be totally fascinating to me and vice versa. And exactly. so we just need to help them see this is what this is what a career looks like. Yeah. These are the things you're going to do. Are you content to do all of those things for a big part of your life? I mean, I'm amazed at the kids that want to do actuarial science because I can never do it. <laughs> Honestly, I think of all these jobs that I could never fix myself. It's th- that's the if there is a miracle to uh, people in general is that somehow I've sat down and done this board exercise with kids about eight hundred times. Oh man, it's literally been a little over eight hundred times at this point. But the interesting thing is. Not a single one of those situations have come out the same. When you take mm-hmm. the major specialization, minor, you combine them together to see what's the real look of what this kid's going to look like in the end. Mm-hmm. The combinations are always different. So the work world, because the work world is vitally and vastly different, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, too, and you know, Paige, you mentioned this, like, well, we'll have kids that say, you know, I really want to be a lawyer. And then the parent will say, well, they've said they wanted to be a lawyer since they were three. Mm-hmm. He's been bringing a briefcase and arguing even at the dinner <laughs> table over vegetables, this and the other. But in that same vein, that you still want to do the vetting work to make sure that you know fully what that means. Um, I, I use this scenario a lot, of, uh, all, all the time, actually, where I'll have two cases that walk in the door when I meet, first meet with a kid before they go and work with you guys more in a day-to-day fashion. I'll have a valedictorian that'll walk in and say, I really want to be a neurosurgeon. And then I'll have a 3.4 kid or whatever the case may be that walks in and says, I have no idea what I want to do. And you know the truth? They're the exact same point. Yep. <laughs> the exact same point. The, the valedictorian saying neurosurgeon because it sounds smart. Mm-hmm. They have no real concept of the job. They've never actually seen an action. They may have an interest in the brain and bio, but that's kind of the extent of it. At least the 3.4 kid is being honest about it. I think the thing that we're, we're, we're trying to put is that the smarter you are the more confident you know about what the job is that you're going to want to do when the truth is that's never been taught to you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So how would you know it at all? The, the the key is getting exposure to the work world and seeing that. That's something completely different than an academic study. And we've got to separate those two points mm-hmm. and making sure that our kids see that at an earlier age, i.e. doing a lot more job shadowing. That's what CL Plus is really kind of built around is really just being able to give them exposure to the work world at a much younger age so the way when we do start studying programs from schools and things like that they have tangible feels for you know what i know what an industrial systems engineer does for a shoe company i know what a biomedical engineering person does at a prosthetic limb development company i know what a physical therapist may do at an athletic training center all these things that are not just static topics be a pt because i like working with athletes they're much more dynamic conversations. And I get, it's scary. It's a scary place for an adult and a kid to be because truth be told, how many people have the time to really investigate that thoroughly? 
Well, we do. That's <laughs> something we do all That's the time. That's our job, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that college yeah. liftoff can take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> the other part of this equation that I find really fascinating is I think a lot of times kids come in with sort of a dream career. Mm. Maybe it's, for whatever reason, it's somewhat limiting, or maybe their parents Much are Much like just, a dream school. Yes. <laughs> or maybe their parents are just super worried that it won't yield any real um, remuneration, so their kids are not going to get paid at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think one of the great things that we can do is pair a whole complement of careers um, with someone's interests so that you don't, you don't have to be the kid who winds up playing your violin on the subway platform, right? We instead can find you a great career in music, in the music industry, where you can continue to play, you can continue to enjoy music and love things that you do in the world of music, but also find a job that that pays a salary, that gives you life insurance, that gives you, well, it would be health insurance, but gives you health insurance. (laughs) That gives you life insurance, too. Exactly, yeah. That gives you all of the the things that you need to actually, say, move on and be an independent adult. And I think so often parents come in and they're just really anxious, like, she's going to have to live at home forever because she wants to be a poet. Well, we can help you with that. Like, We can Mm -hmm. help you find a career where poetry is part of it, but you can also bring in a paycheck. Yeah, that's so. the thing. Poetry may mean you have a strength in writing. Writing from a creative standpoint, which means you may have other pieces that go along with that, which may means you may have a real strength in the communication wing. Not just communication in general, but maybe more strategic or organizational. Throwing a tech focus in that, now you have new media. And now you have somebody that's actively designing the interfaces between people and their technology and the heavy programmers that actually write this stuff. And those people are gigantically vital today. And so that's where you can take these skills that we just, again, think of as static things, and they really become more dynamic as you start inputting into the, and putting other pieces of their interests into this and studying career fields that actively pertain to that. And then not sticking to, uh, I love the example of music, because we think of that as a a one-shot thing within that industry. No, the truth is, that's a full industry. Just like any other, where you have, yeah, musicians, which are like shooting for the pros. No question there. But then you also have a technological side of that, which is audio and to some degree video production, which incorporates and hires a lot of different people. And then you have a whole business aspect of music, whether it be working at uh, the local orchestra within your city or working for a record label and all the business aspect pieces that go along with that. It's about getting into the industry and still taking that along with it. And making sure those things connect. Like, I, I've been saying this a lot recently. Uh, international business is a terrible major. <laughs> it's a terrible major. Because it doesn't really say anything. It's just saying you want to work internationally. A major, i.e. a skill set, is like finance. It's a marketing. It's accounting. It's, it's uh, operational um, management, management. Things like that. That's a skill set. International business is an industry connector. It's saying you want to take finance and work it internationally. So you do a major in finance, you minor in international business. Same thing goes here. You can swap international business out with uh, music management, sports management, doesn't matter. You want to find the skill set and take it to that industry. And then you've got an end. And just like, you know, you said that not every board that or not any board that you've uh, created is the same as the next one. Uh, Similarly, like. The the job paths that our students go down and their majors lead to different results, right? Every lawyer that is going to school to be a lawyer doesn't come out with the same result. They can specialize in different things. And it's really partnering up those interests and what makes you you um, 
and figuring out how you can change the world around you after you get out of college um, that you can partner those things up together with. Yeah. Patent attorneys. Yeah. Patent attorneys are engineers that win the law. <laughs> You know, that's a very different thing than a civil attorney that, right. you know, works for the state and works on criminal cases, which is very different than pharmaceutical law. Like you can get any type of version of that as you really want, depending on the area. Mm-hmm. Computer science is built the same way. There's a version of computer science in every single field now. It's not just a technical field. I mean, you have everything from computational biology and the in the health related fields to the even the more tech versions of library information science um, that you can get into more liberal arts mm-hmm. categories like it's expansive. And again, it boils down to there are multiple things that make up degree sets and mm-hmm. jobs and people. And that's what you have to do is look at it from a more dynamic perspective, not static. Yeah, it's not a timeline or a like linear trajectory. It's like a choose your own adventure type thing. More or less yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's a great perspective. Yeah. All this says you got to start early. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's one of the great things about coming in and doing work with College Liftoff because we want to give you access and exposure to um, what what your career looks like. And we like to bring in real-world examples of people who are working in their industries. We like to talk about how they got there, what they did in the, the work leading up to what they're doing now. Yep. And we like to talk about um, what that looks like going forward for them you know, and, and what they're hoping for. Because what we know is that very few of us now, we don't work like we did like 60 years ago where you know you start a job at 22 and you finish when you're 60, 65, and you do the same thing all the way through. Our jobs change and warp all the time. Mm-hmm. And even within an industry or within a company, the work that you do often shifts pretty dramatically. And so it's really terrific to bring in like a group uh, just um, in the month of February. I think it was February. February, yeah. Yeah, we brought in um, a group of counselors and social workers to talk about what it looks like to work in that profession. And people talked about, you know, both the high points and the the difficulties in working in these careers. And it it was fascinating. I think our students gained a lot of information. I think that... Um, we probably inspired a few people to to move forward, and I think we probably similarly <laughs> inspired a few people to look elsewhere for a career. <laughs> like it just, you know, after hearing from other people about what this really looks like, maybe they decided it's not for them. And then the nice thing is we can take that same interest area and just shift it a little bit and talk about, well, you know, maybe you don't want to do say, social work in a hospital setting, but what about child life? Or what about, let's look here, let's look at public health. There are so many different ways that we can spin the same set of interests and strengths and just turn it into the perfect fit for you. So I think with that panel, there were three different perspectives on Mm -hmm. what social work really was. I mean, it was everything from working in a children's hospital to working uh, clinically, Mm-hmm. And then also working for uh, a new American-based group and seeing how that was done, and then giving the real of what their day-to-day life looks like within those areas. Again, that way, this student, whoever that student may be, that's sitting in that audience, uh, can now see and understand that, and really be able to grasp. Now, this is social work. This, you know, mm-hmm. granted, it's still from three perspectives, but it's three times more than they've had before versus just an ideal perspective of what they may have thought of it before. Oh, 100%. And those three perspectives, um, they all majored and has they have different backgrounds. Yeah. Like one of them was yeah. photography, right? And yeah. they just landed into uh, social work um, through experience and through uh, different past experiences and, and jobs. And jobs. And yeah, 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 yeah. So real quick, just some quick anecdotal pieces. Like, what's it like working with younger students? <laughs> this is something that we're. This is new to College Liftoff. We we've traditionally worked with 
really students starting in their junior year. This is an additional add-on service because our clients have come to us and, and really have asked us about this. What can we do at a younger age in order to, to, to help, our, help their kids foster better understandings of jobs and pieces? So CL Plus is, it was basically created by our clients in mm-hmm. order to, to, to help them do this a lot better. But what have been some fun experiences so far? Sure. So for some of my students, they're just, you know, ready to jump into the research and look at colleges and look at careers. And while others will admit they know nothing about the world of work (laughs) or the world of college, uh, but they're open to starting with workshops that we have um, monthly and going to job shadowing events, even if they weren't necessarily job shadowing um, opportunities that align with majors that you had pointed out in their board, um, they're open to those opportunities and experiences. And I think having that time, you know, if they're starting in ninth grade, we've got four years to develop what it is they like and dislike. um, And having that opportunity with time on our side um, gives us that benefit to do both for our students. Yeah, absolutely. I think, too, we really can help um, the parents because I think so much of this, the earlier program is very parent driven. Like The parents are... The parents are very interested. Yeah, they're already really age. thinking ahead about the the bill that they're going to pay for college, <laughs> yeah. and they want to make sure. I mean, they want to maximize the opportunity, right? They've heard the they've heard the rumors that college now takes six point two years, mm-hmm. and they they want to make sure that doesn't happen. And so yeah. they don't really know how to to make it so that their kids go through in four years, but they've heard that we can help. And so when um, when our college liftoff plus families come in, um, they the parents typically said. And say to us, I don't know what he wants to do. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why we're here. Yeah. Like that that's is why start. we're sitting down together. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, that's why we sit down and we do a lot. I mean, I would say that we break down the pieces of career planning um, to very basic level. Um, because, again, we have that kind of time. We can sit down and we can talk a lot about, like, fit factors yeah. um, in work mm-hmm. and in your college. We can talk about the intersection of purpose and passion you know, and we and it's so great when we talk about it because we illustrate the point, um, the point so beautifully. Like everybody has done a job where it pays the bills, but they're not passionate about the work that they do. Right. Like they're pizza delivery drivers, you know, and then we talk about areas where people are like find something that they're really, really passionate about. Like I would just go read to kids every day, but nobody's offered to pay me any money. For that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that. Like it would be so much fun. But no one said, here's a million dollars. Go mm-hmm. go read to some children. Right. <laughs> and so then we talk about jobs where you ultimately are quite good at what you do. But again, you just you don't enjoy the work that you're doing. Yeah. And, and ultimately, we want to find an area where we combine the things that you really love to do with the things you're really good at. And then at the end of the day, you bring home a, a paycheck that you can be happy with because you said I really like what I do like I feel I'm very fulfilled in the work that I do and so that's the kind of experience that we can have with our younger students because we can really sit down and talk about all of those pieces and make sure that we're not identifying just one area but rather hitting all of them and bringing them together so that they can be really fulfilled in the work that they do for the next let's say five years because again their job will change over time but in the work that they do moving forward. Yeah, and so. where they started. I, honestly, I'd say it pretty plainly with students when they walk in the door. Uh, you really don't want to chase money. Do something mm-hmm. you know you're going to love. But in the same vein, always, always understand the financial realities of what you're walking into. So that way you can plan for it better. Right. And if we know all of that stuff up front, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven, eight years before you even start in the field, I mean, we've got a ton of landing ground that we can really prepare these kids. And yeah, 
if you're going to make a, a smaller salary for a particular field, we can control the college costs and make sure that that works for you. And same thing goes for anything in between. If you're making something with a higher salary, but you don't have to sacrifice what you're doing or what you want to do because of that. The problem is when students go off and just do this mm-hmm. and say, I'm going to go be a, a, a social worker or somebody that's in early education where they do traditionally have lower starting salaries and they take on a hundred grand in debt. Gosh. Exactly. Yeah. To not be too blunt about it, but you're done. Like yeah. you're not going to do that job because you yeah. can't afford to do it. I mean, you're, you're, you sacrifice your entire financial future and the truth be told, you can't afford to do that thing now. Yeah. That's the difference here is that we want and we need good teachers. We need good mm-hmm. social workers. We have to be able to plan for this stuff better with them so that way they can afford to be that in their career paths, period. Like we've, we've got to do that. Oh, yeah. So this kind of gets us to one of the questions we've actually gotten uh, for this week. Um, it actually came from parents that were received, and I'll just read the, uh, read the email. The letter says, Hi, College Liftoff. We have a daughter who will be entering high school in the fall. She's 14 years old and is an excellent student. When should we be thinking about preparing for college? Now. I was going to say, should we count this down? Three, two, one, now. now. <laughs> now. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the crux of it he's talked about today. Right. Any final thoughts that you guys would add to, to our convo? Um, another piece that we do with a lot of our CLP students is curriculum planning, even yes, making sure that point. their high school curriculum aligns with um, – preparation for college and beyond, um, making sure that they're taking the right classes um, and performing well in those classes as well. Still the kind of quiet secret today about high school college planning, Mm -hmm. especially on the curriculum side, is that it's no longer a be doing all these three buckets of things and make sure you have them all filled. It's kind of now uh, be directed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So making sure that you are taking the right science courses, if you're medical bound, engineering bound, or just general science bound, or if you're more down the teaching variety or mm-hmm. if you're more down the like business communication route you kind of have to focus in your to some degree focus your extracurriculars really try to focus your curriculum into that particular perspective you want to paint a narrative again with with four years to plan instead of one or two we can really help can um, yeah. we can help kind of drive things in the right direction for your entire resume whether it's your activities or your volunteer work I mean, we have an awful lot of kids who come in um, like early in their senior year to work with us, and they have three volunteer hours, right? Yeah. Colleges yeah. want more. Colleges yeah. expect yeah. more, yep. right? It's a lot harder for us to, to backfill, right? If you come in in your senior year, it, it doesn't give us much time to, to help you um, get those volunteer hours, to get those experiences that are so vital before you go off to college. If you come in and work with us as a freshman or a sophomore, we can say, you know, this summer would be a terrific time for you to maybe go volunteer COSI where you are interested in doing some STEM-related work that will then um, inform the, the major that you choose in college. Um, or to take on a job that, again, gives you some real-world experience in an area that you're interested in. Um, those are all great things that we get to do and we can talk about. You know, I think kids a lot of times have this um, pretty outdated notion of, of just the number of activities they need to have on their schedule yeah. and again on the resume to, to say, I was really great at everything that mm-hmm. I did all the time and I did a lot of different things. You know, and we can help them make more informed decisions moving on. And again, it just it's the benefit of time. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. truth be told, you don't want eight things, you want three. Yeah. Honestly, you want three and you've honed in on and you've taken leadership roles in, and you've really shown some peak interest in those. And mm-hmm. especially now we're talking about Certain fields. I mean, we're seeing undergraduate degrees, like even at the two-year level, like the PTAs, mm-hmm. where truth be told, they're requiring oh, yeah. that you have a certain amount of volunteer hours. Like at forty to 
twenty, forty, or sixty in different settings. Yeah, even yeah. not just um, at some random place that you thought would be willing to uh, house you for a couple hours. But no, they are serious about that for sure. And if you're just finding that out when you start <laughs> application season, if you're doing this on your own and you find that out in September. <laughs> you're not going to be a nope. PT or, or going to PTA. It's not going to happen. So you've got to do this stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. We've got to be able to plan for it earlier. And that's again, that's the whole premise of College Lift Off Plus and why we've created this model. And it's an expansion of our service into the ninth and tenth grade model for that reason, for that exact reason. Make sure parents and students are more prepared. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned the parents because in addition to a lot of the workshops that we offer for our students, we offer separate workshops just for the parents because I think parents, especially younger students, are really hungry for more information and good quality information about how to help their students adequately prepare. I mean, they know. They know that... Um, the influence that they have at 14 is really different than the influence that they'll be able to exert at 17. And so they want to get in early and be able to help their students make good choices. And if we can help them identify the soft skills that students need to be successful or great, you know, like financial planning vehicles to make sure that they have enough money to support their students through school, those are great conversations that we love to have with our families. I was going to say, like, this isn't even talking about the money end Mm -hmm. of what we need to do to prepare for an older age. That's a whole other podcast because it's all those pieces that we talked about just today, just on the side of figuring out what you want to do at the younger age, whole different story. You have to prepare those things earlier, period. So what are some of the workshops that we're doing with some of our parents, just again, to kind of give them that earlier piece as well well right now in april we've got one set up for what your student needs to know so some of those soft skills that Paige was talking about um and how you can start developing that with your student now before they head off to college uh in addition we talk about um or we have a workshop for which test and when when you should be preparing for the ects sats all of that stuff always get a ton Um, of questions on that anyway yeah, yeah and that's something that our parents are always asking about yeah, more about the application process, uh, college visits. Um, if your student's got an IEP or 504 or plays a sport, how do you incorporate that into the college search? So a whole bunch of great information for our parents. Great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah and Paige. Thank for you. For with me today. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for listening. As always, if you do have any questions that you'd like us to answer, please feel free to email us at hello at collegeliftoff.com. You can also reach us at 614 614- Three two nine six six three three, and please always follow us on social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. Just search for College Liftoff, and you'll find us. Also, visit us at collegeliftoff.com for more information, and you'll get access to our blogs, our podcasts are there as well. And please subscribe to Affording College wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, wherever the case may be. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. College Liftoff can help empower you to make college affordable for your student. If you want to learn more about your options, Aaron will be responding directly to your emails. Email him a question at aaron at collegeliftoff.com. Thanks for listening to Affording College with Aaron Green of College Liftoff. If you'd like more information, visit collegeliftoff.com.